You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Uh, I want us to remember that when you receive Jesus, that you become a part of the universal church. The universal church, it spans uh, internationally. It goes against, I mean, goes across countries and states. It's all over the world. And, uh, uh, and then it spans generations. So it goes from the time of Christ until when Christ returns. But Jesus has always wanted people, when they come to Christ, when they come to him, for them to get connected in a local church. But today we're going to shift gears. And I want to speak to those who are um, members of the church, or maybe you have been a member of the church. Maybe you've had a bad experience, or possibly you have a misunderstanding of what biblical membership is. And I read a really good book. It's, it's called I Am a Church Member. And it was written by uh, Dr. Tom Rayner, who's the president of LifeWay uh, Research. And uh, it made such an impact on me that I had our staff read it. Our staff is reading it right now. And I have our elders reading it. And I'm going to give it to all the leaders at our, at our workshop at LWC. And so I would strongly suggest for anyone that would like to read it. It's a, it's a great book. And I've adapted my outline from, from this, this book. And what I titled this message is, What Membership is not. This is what church membership is not. And I think it's important for us to know what biblical church membership is, but I also think it's important for us to know what biblical church membership is not. So I want you to look at the person that's sitting on your right, and I want you to tell them, not... And now I want you to look at the person sitting on your left and tell them, not. And I know some of you husbands have been waiting to say that to your wives all morning. Huh? And some of you guys had to face a wall. The good thing is the wall doesn't talk back. So that's practice because after every point, I want you to say with me, not. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this second service, Lord God. I just, I just sense enthusiasm. I sense an excitement here. I pray, Lord, that as, uh, as I get ready to, to share this message, that you be with me, Lord God, to, to speak uh, uh, just clearly, Father, and, and let me speak a message that's going to glorify you. I also pray, Lord God, that all of us collectively will open up our hearts and our minds and have an ear to hear what you have to tell us. Um, we know, Lord God, that none of us in here are perfect, but we seek the voice of the perfect one, and that's you, Jesus. We pray that as, as you use uh, your word to direct us and guide us, that all of us will be able to say after we leave today, it was sure good to be in God's house. And from that, Lord God, we'll give you glory and praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So six things that I want us to look at. Point number one, 
Church membership is like a country club. Very good. Church membership is not like a country club. Uh, In fact, membership at a country club is so much different than being a member of a local church. For example, at at a country club, members pay fees so that you can be privileged and pampered. And if anyone here in second service wants to pay the fees for Pastor James to be a part of a country club where I can be privileged and pampered, I won't get mad. Just saying. But in the church, Jesus paid the price. He paid our fees by dying on the cross and giving us membership into the family of God. And he doesn't pay our fees so that we can be pampered, but that we will serve others and bring glory to God. Country club membership can give you the sense that you are part of the elite and can lead us to possibly be prideful. Local church membership should lead us to follow the example of Christ who modeled humility. You see, beloved, people who are members of the local church, we should be striving to model Christ, and others should feel welcomed and loved no matter what their past has been. There should never be any person that walks in through the doors of this church that will ever feel condemned. They should always feel welcomed. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how affluent you are. It doesn't matter how poor you are, how wealthy you are. Jesus loves you the same. And as the church of the living God, we should love them the same as well. Any time that a church becomes like an exclusive country club, we fail to model the church that Christ came to establish. And I see three reasons just on this point that we are not like a country club. The first reason is that we are all necessary parts of the body of Christ. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. It gives us a perfect example of how the local church should be living out their faith. Everyone, everyone is important in the church. If you're sitting here today, can I tell you, you're important. The Bible puts it like this, you are now Christ's body and you're individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. And he's talking about the gifts here, but guess what? Those gifts have to be used by people. Coach Sloan was talking about his mom being healed miraculously through, the, through, through Jesus and through prayer in Jesus. Someone had to pray. The church has to come together. When there's a connection card that's, that's filled out and there's a prayer request, uh, the leaders, the staff come together, the pastors, we pray and we believe that Jesus is more than able to do miracles. In the local church, everyone is important because everyone's gift is necessary. Can I tell you something? A lot happens for church to happen. There's people that do sound. There's people that do lights. There's people that do uh, uh, the, the media. There's someone that fills up the water so that we can baptize. 
using the gift. That's Paul Tafoya. I know he doesn't want any, any prestige, but it's, it's, he does it faithfully. There's someone that comes and, and cleans. There's people that are doing all kinds of different things. The elders get together uh, pre-service. We pray for the Lord to move mightily through the services. You guys come, and, and everyone has a gift. Every person is important. You know, before Art ever came and played his guitar, the Lord was working on his heart during the week, telling him, it's not about how good you are musically, but you are good, Art. But it's about how much you love Jesus. Because that's what changes lives. So every person is important in the church. The second thing, we are different, but our differences make it better. We are different, but our differences make us better. You see, a country club mentality, you have a status quo. Everyone's supposed to be a certain way. But it would not be a good thing if everyone was the same. Because diversity is good. Do you believe that? That's why God made each of us so unique. In fact, the Bible says, just as a body is one, has many parts, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. You see, if our foot wanted to do what our hands are supposed to do, it would not be filling its role. Our foot does what feet do. What do our feet do? They walk. They stand. They firmly plant. Our hand does what hands do. Our ears do what ears do, and so on. A hand is not supposed to do what an ear does, and a, and a, and a foot's not supposed to do what a hand does, and an ear doesn't do what a mouth does. If everyone was an ear, all we would do was listen. If everyone was a mouth, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> There'd be a lot of talking going on. They're different and they make our bodies better. And if this weren't so, then God would never have given us different parts to function their roles. Beloved, God desires for you to know that even though you're different, you're necessary. I want you to raise your hand if you feel necessary today. You're necessary. You're important. I want you to understand that you're different and praise God that you are. Because we all complement each other. The third thing that's important about that is we are committed to doing everything with the love of Christ. You see, a country club mentality excludes people. It shuns some. That's not what's to happen in the body of Christ. The Bible calls us to be an example of the love of God. And I love the way 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's sandwiched right between 14 and 12. And it's talking about how the gifts should be exercised, how the church should function. It says, if I give all I possess to the poor and I give my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. You see, beloved, a local church that lives out this purpose will always thrive. If a church is living out the love of Christ and, 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 and not have this uh, country club mentality, when people walk in the door, they will be 
impacted for the glory of Jesus. One of the greatest things that has ever been said about Living Word Chapel, and I can testify to this when I came 20 years ago, is that you feel the love of God here. I don't want that to ever change. The love of God has to be primary because it's what changes lives. So is the local church, the membership in the local church, like that of a country club? That was weak. That was weak. Ask it again. Is the local church membership like membership at a country club? Better. You, You said it like you owned it. Amen? Point number two. Church membership is about disunity. Are you sure? There is nothing worse for an unbeliever to leave a world where no one gets along to go to a church where no one gets along. Someone say amen on that one. (laughs) Members of the church should do everything in their God-given power to live with each other in peace. Can I tell you who's the source of disunity? The devil. It's not God. The devil wants for you guys not to get along, for us not to get along, for you to be angry with each other. In fact, Jesus said to his followers, he said, the world, they're going to know who you are because you love one another. So how do we stop disunity? Let me tell you one of the first ways to stop disunity is you stop talking about other people. I know nobody in second service does this. Probably first service, there might be a couple. If someone comes and talks to you about someone else, what do you do? You stop them. You stop them from talking. If there's nothing positive that needs to be said, and let me say something, if they're talking about someone, you tell them directly, you need to go talk to this person. You shouldn't be telling me, I don't want all this mud. I don't want to hear all this. You know what? Let's do something else. Let's pray for those persons. Let's do some positive reinforcement right here. And then, if pe- let me tell you, once people hear you say that, they won't come to you anymore. They'll say, they're no fun. They don't want to talk about all the other people. All these concerns that I have about everyone, you know, the concerns. I'm just really concerned, you know. Their kids are best. I'm concerned about them. You can't handle their finances. I'm just concerned about that. You know, the reality is that we need to just stop. Instead of talking about people, let's just speak life into people. Colossians puts it like this. You need to bear with each other and forgive one another. If any has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the, how did the Lord forgive us? He welcomed us right where we were. He, he brought us right where we were. In the worst place, before you were saved, He welcomed you and He forgave us all of our sins, past, present, and future. And then He goes on, He says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, the church in Colossae was a, was a local church and it was instructed to live a life of unity and the way we do so is to be quick 
to forgive. Beloved, if you're quick to forgive, you're not going to carry cancer in your heart. The cancer of unforgiveness and bitterness that can destroy our life. And just like Jesus was quick to forgive us of all our failures, we need to be that way as well. The Bible goes on to say, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, beloved, if Living Word Chapel is committed to being a church where her members are humble and gentle and patient with each other and bear with one another in love, we will continually witness a unity that comes from the Holy Spirit and His peace. Can I tell you, beloved, that there are times, because we're all people, that we get thoughts about someone and their negative thoughts, and we can either grab a hold of them and begin to let them fester, or we can say, that's not from you, God, I'm going to get them out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them. And if there's, something, if there's something that needs to be said to someone, don't go to someone else. Go to that person and deal with it. Let them explain to you what is happening. And that way you can work it out. God never calls the church to disunity. God always calls the church to unity. So is, a local, so is local church membership about disunity? We need a stronger one. I want you to forgive who you need to forgive real quick. All right? Five seconds. Okay. So is the local church membership about disunity? No. Better. Don't you feel better? Point number three. Church membership is about my preferences and my desires. No. <laughs> Any time... That we make the local church about me and me only, you're setting the church up for disaster. You see, there are many things that each of us have preferences about. But if we major in these preferences, we'll probably exclude others and divisions will creep up. Lifeway Research, uh, the, the place where uh, uh, Dr. Rayner is a president, did a survey which speaks to some of these preferences. And these desires and and what can be harmful to a church. Um, I listed five out of ten, okay? Number one, how about style of music? Are there preferences of styles of music? Are there wars in the church because of styles of music? You see, sometimes there's factions. That's people that, that make, put themselves together. We are, we are these people, and they're those people, right? Sometimes factions want the music to be just the way they like it, and it can harm the church. Can I tell you something? That when the hymns, the great hymns were written, uh, Charles Wesley, he was a great songwriter. He wrote over 13,000 hymns. When they introduced those to the church, they said that's blasphemous. The style of music is horrible, and they fought to get that into the church. And then and now we have this modern worship, and they play the electric guitar. It's blasphemous. Right? And they'll play, they'll play the drums, and, and, and it's different styles. But the most important thing is not about the music. It's about their heart. It's about the worship of God. And can I tell you something 20 years from now? Or 50 years if the Lord gives me life and, and he tarries and he's not, he doesn't come back for us. 
I'll probably hear the music and say, man, they should be playing music that we used to hear 20 years ago. So music styles can come in because they're desires and preferences. How about committee meetings in the church? How many of you know that there's a lot of committee meetings sometimes in the church? And because of preferences and desires, you know, this morning we had a, uh, um, a toilet that, that got plugged. And, and praise the Lord, we don't have a toilet committee. Because they would have tabled it until two weeks. Right? But we just talked to someone and they went over there and they took care of it. And so at Living Word Chapel, we don't operate with a lot of committees. We just say, what needs to get done? And we ask people to do it. And it really helps them in that way. But too many meetings can drain people, especially when these meetings don't align themselves with a great commission. How about an out-of-balance focus on the facility? When people have their preferences on the building... It can really t- lead you astray as well. When the building matters more than the people, it's never good. Are you with me? Can I tell you that a big windstorm could come today? A tornado could come, hopefully, after second service. And they can take this building, they can blow it into and put it right by the Ford dealership and destroy it all. And next week, can I tell you, we'll still meet because the church is not about a building, the church is about God's people. We'll put a tent up. And we'll have a church service. Amen. Amen? So the reality is that those preferences can really take us out of whack. How about program-driven? When you, when you let programs drive the church. A ministry. And you get so involved. And, and, and when the program matters more than the people, even to the point of burnout, it's never good. Are you with me? I, I had three meetings last week because this, week, this year, 2014, we are resting a lot of things at Living Word Chapel. For four years, we have been so active doing all kinds of things. They've been wonderful. But can I tell you, one day I was looking at the staff, I was, and, and, and they'll do anything. They will go beyond their call to do whatever it is to glorify Christ. But I looked at the staff, I looked at all of us together, and I, you know what? I said, we're going to burn ourselves out. And so we sought the Lord and we began to rest things so that we could focus on Jesus and focus on God's people. And so I had these meetings and as I explained it to people, they were like, Pastor, I understand what you guys are doing. Even in the Bible, it talks about the land resting after every seven years. So there's time for activity, but there's time to rest. And so this year, I believe that our Sunday morning experience is going to be beyond anything that we've ever had. And I believe that our, our small groups are going to thrive. I think we're going to expand small groups all over the place. I believe this year we're going to have 30, 40 small groups impacting all around our area for the glory of Jesus. So we cannot be program-driven and make that more important than Jesus. The fifth thing that I said uh, I put down is the budget that is focused inwardly. The budget should have a balance of of meeting the needs of ministry inside of the church and outside of the church. Do you notice when we allocate the monies, we allocate them inside of the church and we allocate them outside of the church? That's always a good thing. There should always be missions going on, not only in our community, but outside our community. Why? Because it pleases God. And when our budget becomes centralized, that everything is about living where chapel, we're going to have the biggest building, we're going to, have the, we're going to just do everything for ourselves, we're going to, it's all about us. I don't think it pleases God. It's got to go beyond us to everyone else that God places in our lives, and He'll provide everything we need to do so. 
I think we should have this attitude that the Bible says. It's the attitude of Christ. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So let me ask you, is church membership about my own desires and preferences? A little bit. We need a little bit more than that. Is church membership about my own desires and preferences? Beautiful, beautiful. Point number four. Church membership is a good way to find faults in the leadership. Can I tell you that if we look hard enough, we can find faults in anyone? And there are two dangers that can creep into the church. The first danger is members can elevate the leadership higher than what is good and healthy. Can I say this to you? There's only one throne, and it belongs to Jesus. The second danger is that members can criticize or fault, find faults in the leadership to the point of hurting the harmony of the body. Can I tell you something, beloved, that when you begin to find fault, and I I don't see this at Living Word Chapel. I thank Jesus for you guys. But when we begin to find fault in the leadership, all you're doing is being a tool of the devil. What we need to do is we need to pray that the leaders will be able to fight the forces that are trying to destroy the church. Don't be a part of the devil's destruction crew. Let's be a part of God's construction crew. Can I, as, I, as I read what it, the, the standard that is put on a leader in the church, and we're going to be instituting uh, new leaders in a couple of weeks. We have been praying for the Lord to, to raise up new leaders so that we can begin to uh, continually be equipped here at Living Word Chapel. But when I read what are the standards that is put, it shows you what an incredible um, gift or incredible function that it is. It says, now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness. Not violent, but gentle. Not quarrelsome. Not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Just the first one makes me go, wow, above reproach. Can I tell you, leaders don't need criticism. They need prayer. You think about it, above reproach. That means in the church and outside of the church. 
It, ta- it talks about um, uh, you need to be, uh, uh, you need to get along with your wife. Anyone ever been married? That, that can be a task because the devil doesn't want us to be in harmony. Okay, and it says that your kids should respect you and you need to raise up your household well. Anyone ever had kids? <laughs> Leaders don't need criticism. They need prayer. See, what needs to happen is you put the, the, the shoe on, on your foot and see exactly how it fits. And as you begin to walk in, 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 with God and, and the leadership is, is being established, you know, let me say this, there's no way that I can do this. I have, I have, there's no way I can do that in my own strength. The only way that I've been able to become a leader in God's, in God's economy is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way that we lead and are an example is through the power of God. And so leaders need prayer instead of criticism. The Bible also says this in in 1 Peter. It says, be shepherds of God's flock. He's talking to elders and and pastors. uh, That is under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, who's the chief shepherd? Jesus. Jesus. You will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So I was talking to Pastor Bob in first service, and, and here's Mike Sloan. He's an elder and, and, and other leaders in the church. The Bible says that, that sometimes we're, we're, we're fighting and we're we're, 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 we're you know, have this war with the devil because he wants to destroy not only our lives, not only our families' lives, but he wants to destroy the church. And so weekly we're fighting this battle. There are times in our elders' meetings where, where we're praying over people. We're, there's tears that come out because we really care. But there's something awesome about this, Pastor Bob. The Bible says that there's coming a day that they're going to put a crown on their head. For his glory. Ain't that like super cool? Why? Because we've trusted Jesus to work through us to make a difference. Do you not think the devil wants to destroy leaders in the church? How many churches do their pastors leave because it's so difficult for them? Because instead of them being encouraged, people talk about them all the time. Instead of, you know, when, whenever uh, a pastor is struggling, maybe... Uh, preaching a sermon, instead of someone saying, man, that was the worst sermon he ever preached, pray for him. Pray for, pray for leaders in the church. Can I, say one, at one, can I say this as one who knows? We need prayer. We need encouragement. So is church membership a good way to find faults in the leadership? No. Beautiful. Church membership is unhealthy for my family. That is a negative. Biblical church membership in the local church leads children, youth, and young adults to have a healthy view of the local church. I love what happened today. I love that we had these individuals that got baptized. And can I tell you what we had? What did we have? Old people? We had young people. Right? We had people that just... uh, From every walk of life, it blesses me to see a young person taking notes. 
It blesses me to see people excited about the things of God. It blessed me last night that there was a, a, a church leader with the youth that spoke to the youth, and his sons were there, and on Facebook they were excited about what, what, what he spoke because it said it spoke right to my heart. I get excited when I see generations sitting in the aisles and them, and them getting baptized. I get excited about what God does. Can I tell you something, beloved? Church membership is not unhealthy for a family. It is healthy. It helps people to appreciate how important it is, the local church. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is Jesus' church, amen? As I'm walking, I'm seeing families, I'm seeing generations, I'm seeing couples that I've married, and their mother and, 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 and grandmother here, and it's just beautiful to see these wonderful things. No, church membership is not unhealthy for us. It's very healthy for our families. And can I tell you that changes are not going to occur in the world, in our families. They're going to occur in the church. As we plug into Jesus, as he changes our lives individually and as, and as a couple, then he begins to change our children's lives. And then he begins to change our grandchildren's lives. And they have, an, they have a healthy appreciation for what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Amen? Isn't that awesome? So not only are we important to Jesus, but your families are important to Jesus. I got to go up there because I got some scripture I want to read, okay? I'll be right there. Sometimes I just got to go up there and walk with you guys, you know? Be amongst you. It says, this, this is good right here. Now, how many of you know someone that, that the spouse comes maybe a wife, but the husband has not given their hearts to Jesus? How many of you know someone where maybe the husband has given his heart to Jesus, but the wife is not walking with Jesus? Or maybe not, they're not a part of the local church. But the Bible teaches us that don't give up. There's always hope. It says this, For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. It tells us that when, you're, when you have someone that's not walking with God, maybe your husband's not sitting next to you and you've been praying, it says don't give up, just keep trusting in Jesus, keep coming to church, and you know what, one of these days you're the link that's going to bring them to God. And how about your children? Maybe your children are out, they're out in the world, they're doing their thing. Can I tell you, do not give up because Jesus is not done. You're the link to bring them to Christ. And right now, you are being used as a vessel. It goes on in, in Ephesians that says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment that comes with a promise, so that it may, be, it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So my question to you, is biblical church membership unhealthy for our families? No. Not. Not. Last point. Point number six. Church membership is a burden. God. You guys are good. That's a big ne negative right there. To be a member of a local church is actually a gift of God. You get to belong to the family of the redeemed. You have the honor to change people's lives collectively and to change your communities 
and your world for God's glory. Isn't that awesome? You know, when we baptize someone, we baptized so far seven people today. Can I say that I didn't only baptize them? Uh, Coach Sloan didn't baptize them. Mike didn't baptize them. We baptize them. The body of Christ. We do this together. And as people become members, it's a gift that we can collectively bring glory to God. I'll end with this scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Isn't it awesome to be a part of the body of Christ? So we saved something for, for uh, the end of our service. We baptized many people, but there's still one we want to baptize. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Is you guys can just play a little background music. Coach Sloan, would you please come up at this time? One of, one of the, the, the youth, one of the high school kids here at Living Word Chapel called me up and he said, Pastor, I want to get baptized, but I want to surprise my parents. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to show this by getting baptized. And so um, this, is, this is the time we're going to do it. And I think it's just so cool because I bet you that these parents have been saying, Ihuel, I can't wait till he finds God or God finds him. Because we say that about our kids, don't we? And I believe this is a day of, of, of an amazing day. I, I believe God has his hand on this young man and great things are going to happen. So I hope you're ready, Arian. I see the door turning. Here he comes. Give Arian Rodriguez a big hand. Here's, here's the thing that I know for sure is that we serve a God of miracles. Amen. And when you have a young man that comes in and, and, and God has been working and stirring his heart, he, he, he loves Jesus. I can see it all over him. There's just an amazing thing happening. And he's hearing his dad and his mom are going to witness this. Will you guys stand up real quick? Just stand up so everyone can just give you a hand. Yeah. God, God is restoring families. God is bringing change. He's giving new life. Ariane, today you're going to come and you're going to go into the water, bro. And you're going to go into, the, into the, the death of Christ. You're going to die with Christ, but you're going to ra- be raised into new life. A new start. And I believe God has a great plan for your life. I, I believe God is going to use you mightily if you allow him. So I'm going to pray for you, and then Coach Sloan's going to baptize you, okay? And we're going to celebrate how awesome God is. So let me pray for you, okay? This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.